Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biz Tech. All right, everybody, welcome back. We are wrapping up the Microsoft Teams track. So, so this track is titled, Is Microsoft Teams Always the Right Fit? So as we get through this, we're going to answer that. Uh, and you know who we're going to hear from today is we've got on one of our longtime fantastic partners, good old Mr. Andrew Bond from Trinity Network. Andrew, how you doing, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, I know you got a lot of expertise. You've been doing this, so you've seen a lot of cool evolutions. And so before we get into the weeds and teams and all that good stuff, I want to hear about your background. You know, where, how did this space suck you in? Did you always know you wanted to do this? How did you get here? I had no idea I wanted to be here. <clears throat> I went to a college in Ellensburg, Washington called Central Washington University. Thought I wanted to be in banking and finance. And that just happened to be around the time that banks were starting to go out of business. One of them in particular, Washington Mutual. Three rescinded offers later because the departments were being literally shut down before they announced the, the mortgage crisis. Um, I went to a fundraiser with a friend of mine and she sat me down at a table with a gentleman named Rick and he said, man, you're pretty cool. You should be in, you should be in the telecommunications space. And I was like, what is that? And he goes, I was like, he's like cell phones or something. He's like, oh no, that's, that's, don't do that. That's terrible. He's like, no, you still like POTS lines and T1s. I was like, I have no idea what that is. But tell you what, I'm uh, working at a restaurant and a bank as a teller and another restaurant, and I'm lost. I was like, but I got a degree, and uh, I'll take a, you know, I'll take an interview with somebody. So I uh, went down to this office. They told me to go cold call, which was Integra Telecom sales office in Bellevue. <laughs> before they had all these fancy towers and restaurants and bars and I knocked on the door and asked for this guy named Michael Alexander. And he walked me into his sales manager's office, which was Craig Holly. And I asked him to interview me for a job. And the next week he brought me in and then I moved to Florida. And then, uh, that guy, that same gentleman, Craig tracked me down and gave me an offer over a fax machine, which was kind of funny. Yes. I had to go to a Tom phone to get the interview or to get the, <laughs> the offer letter. My dad called me. He's like, there's this guy named Craig called the house like five times. He's looking for you. So he wants to hire you. It's like, mm, all right. So I gave him this phone number. He's like, that's in Destin, Florida. What are you, what are you down there for? So anyways, Got my offer letter, got in my car a couple of weeks later, drove from Destin, Florida, back to Seattle, started training. See, that was in like November, started training in December and had a quota in January and God, the rest was history. And then, and then I got a wild hair and started here in the, uh, actually it was my neighboring office partner at the Integra office was the channel manager for Integra. Mm. And I kept, you know, hearing about their models. So I inquired, got a little interested in it. And at month 10 of employment, after getting my first president's club award, I quit my job and became an agent and had to wait it out for a few months due to some threats by HR for non-competes and non-solicits. But mm -hmm. 
took a little sabbatical with my earnings over the last 10, 11 months and figured it out. Met a really great man named Mark Brewster and we kind of figured things out. And uh, here I am selling a lot of different products that I never thought I would know, understand, or even think to Google or watch a YouTube video about or talk to your team about. <laughs> I, I love it. Uh, you know, this always solidifies to so many great people and great things came out of Integra. Uh, I, I don't know where this space would be without that. I mean, there, there, there was just so much that uh, I just think so many goodness, so many people that started so many awesome things out of that. So I'd love to hear the, love to hear the backstory <laughs> again, proves the windy path model, right? Nobody sets out to do this, but like you said, like we were talking before the podcast, it just kind of sucks you in, you know? You're hooked. God, I can remember my first product training with my sales engineer back then. I was so like, oh, this is so interesting. Why? I didn't even, wasn't even drawn. I took my tech, some like high level technology classes in college. It's like, why weren't they this interesting? But I guess it's just you're hustling to do stuff. So you want to learn. So it's, yeah, no, it keeps, it keeps us, keeps us moving on to learning, learning new things. I think that's the, that's the goodness in it. Yeah, for sure. So uh, talk to me about, you know, I, I want to, really start out with, you know, we're, we're talking again, teams, and, and we'll get into some differentiators around that. But walk me through maybe just your first iteration of really where you started to see UC proliferate and first time you heard about teams, right? Let's start at the beginning. What, what was that exposure like? My first UC experience was terrible. <laughs> I was one of the first agents in Seattle to sell speakeasy hosted telephony solution or their hosted VoIP solution. And I think the first 10 customers I brought on board and they're pretty decent size. I first thought like, wow, this is going to be great. I don't need to send my leads to phone system vendors anymore. I can build a practice out of this. And they all, I think all of them returned their equipment and said, bad idea. So kind of chipped my tooth on that. And then fast forward a number of years, I met a company called G12 and they told me I should sell hosted phone with them. And I laughed at them. I was like, whatever, no way. You're crazy. I'm not doing that. And they kind of brought me out from the grave of disbelief and, and UC. And, and even then I didn't sell it a ton. Um, it was just, it was always there. I would do it for my own customer base, but it's such a lead generation uh, referral business built up with phone vendors and IT vendors. I kind of just tread, you know, yeah. tread it real carefully. Um, but yeah, and then, you know, my first iteration of seeing what is now teams is Skype for business vendors. So I started getting into selling SIP trunks for Skype for business vendors and figuring out, you know, what trunks they needed that, you know, what SIP trunk providers worked with, what SBC providers partnering with them, just, you know, trying to use CP vendor, you know, telephony vendor to, to make, you know, more MRC. Right. So that was my first version of, it. and that was the safe version for me. Like. I could find the, I could find the the SBC vendor and the integrator, and then I could sell trunks to them. And then, you know, then today now it's it's Teams. So, so what is that? I guess you know that that first deal or that first engagement, right? Where where, where you learned about Teams and and kind of in, in the UC side, were there any aha moments for you in there? Did, was it you know? What, I guess what was the shining moment in that, or anything that made you think differently about a thing you thought before once you got to go through it? 
I guess us as a company, we're going, I was going through this moment where I was like, God, I have so many tools that I use. I really just want to like condense it into this like one place. Um, and teams hadn't come about yet and, and Slack was there. And I, I think it's when Slack, when I started using Slack with other enterprise organizations, like they would bring me into their org. Mm-hmm. I was like, gosh, I could really build my workflows in here. And then you know, Skype had been acquired and Microsoft was figuring out what the, or they had, wait, Skype had already been acquired. They're figuring out what to do with them. Like, is this going to be a, a chat tool? Yeah. And once they made the, the transfer into collaboration and then obviously the Zoom showed up, it was like, oh, wait a minute. This is going to change the phone side of the equation big time. Like it might even kill UC as we see it. It's just going to be collaboration. And then we're going to see consolidation amongst all this over time. And we're kind of seeing that now, right? Yeah. And now I see, because I'm in the Pacific Northwest, is Zoom and Teams. And it's an easy grab. Not easy, but it's it's a it's a nice transitional pickup for the agent. And that agent can go into an account or the consultant or whatever. And they go, hey, you've got Zoom users over here, you got team users over here. There's a way to make it all in one. And let's just make it easy for your organ and provide a, a user experience and an administrator experience that's great and doesn't waste our time like managing so many vendors. And right. I think that's what's great about Teams. I use it. I have their, you know, Teams phone turned on. Every client that I speak with, I have, I talk about Teams phone. If they have Zoom, I try to turn them into a Zoom phone user. Like, that's the aha. The aha is like, hey, I can grab these licenses and, you know, do good by your customer and then honestly make your money along the way. So, so as you get into those conversations, though, what, let's talk about the hard things. What, what are the some of the difficulties you face, right? If you if you go into these conversations, is it people that just don't totally understand the capabilities, people that have old tech that they just, it's worked, they don't see the need for it? What are some of the hard parts about those conversations when you're talking to prospects? I think the first one is stop Googling bad things about Microsoft Teams. It's going <laughs> to tell you the bad things, right? Yeah. Like, I realize bad stuff. I'm like, no, 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 just think about it this way. Just... The, the hard part is them understanding how do they transition from local PBX and hosted phone to their collaboration tool that's going to be their phone system. And how are they going to manage that? And are they going to manage it in-house? Or are they going to manage it externally? How can you make that easy for them, right? And as you go down to like the, the solutions technology track, your job is to make it to identify the technology that makes it easier for them to run their business, whether it's small business, medium, large, enterprise, whatever, right? And, you know, during COVID staffing was terrible and activating, you know, users on the fly was the most important thing, especially remotely. And with teams, you know, educating the customer on how to do that, it just like opened up this huge door. And I think the panic around that time allowed that, like, uh, you know, that, that customer worry, they kind of just were like, just make it happen, Andrew. Like, who do I need to do to yeah. make this happen? Whereas before they're like, well, we had, you know, we've had the system for a while. It kind of works. But then it didn't and had to do it. That roadblock was like almost removed from that that moment. Yeah. Uh, kind of curious, is, you know, as you've been in this space so long and the success that you've had, has there been any vertical that you've had more success in or, or, or maybe a vertical that you've not focused in because it's just it, it, it hasn't they haven't understood it as well? Or, you know, curious in that or is it, is it everybody? 
at this point? Everybody has a Microsoft license, E3, 5. They should have teams in some capacity. Um, well, they will have teams. They should have teams phone in that capacity, especially for the simple UC user. Um, I've had a lot of success with healthcare construction companies um, in the last couple of years, just because that's been my biggest like growth area. And that's, mm. I have a lot of accounts in that, in, in that vertical, but anybody has a license, it's like, Hey, might as well use it. If not, you're just not, you're not maximizing what you're already paying for. So kind of throwing it away for people with double licenses. Right. Yeah. So you can bring zoom into team and teams into zoom and, you know, try to simplify that experience. So. It's a good point. I, I want to, I'm going to get in here in a second to, you know, where it was a director outing and operator connect and all of that good stuff. But, but let's start real quick with, you bring up a great point of, of a lot of these people already have some sort of e-license. What, what percentage of them, maybe ballpark it here. Do you find as you get in the trenches with them, understand how to do teams for voice on their own? I think they're like 20%. They know, like they have the license, but they just don't, what do they need to activate? What type of license does the user have to have? Really, it's just technical conversation. It's no different than, hey, I sip trunks for this phone system. What SBC do I need? You know, it's just like, what what kind of dots do I need to connect to make this work? And you know, and it's way easier now than it was back then. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, operator connect. Just check the provider you want, right? Yeah. Uh, let's let's dive into that. Uh, so I remember, you know, when when all the crazy stuff happened in 2020, uh, Shane and I and we, we all in our internal engineering and interbiles, everybody, we sat down and we said, okay, well, this direct routing thing is all coming out, and there's Microsoft Teams, and it wasn't a thing. Now it's a thing, and 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 all of our providers popped up and said, we have direct routing, and we said, okay, cool, uh, everybody's got direct routing, great. And then as we went and we quantified that. We said, tell us how you're architecting it. Tell us how you're built. And some would come in and say, well, I mean, we can we can connect you to Microsoft Teams. Well, no, it can't. You can't make a native call out of the Teams client. We have to bring up our third-party app. And then others would come to us and they would say, well, we've actually got the Azure RSBCs that are Microsoft approved, the Ribbon SBCs or whatever they are. They're in uh, our virtual Azure cluster adjacent to the Microsoft network. You know, so there were clear differentiators, uh, but it, you had to get to the architecture to kind of see through the marketing side of it. So that, you know, that being said, now that we've evolved a little bit from Teams with voice to direct routing and then Operator Connect now comes out onto the scene, um, what are you finding that that talk track is like? Are you are you getting asked, oh, do I need direct routing or operator connect? Are you just going in with operator connect? What what's that conversation like? I try to go in with an open mind to what experience the customer wants and and respect how much they want to manage and technically manage and what they want the experience to be because they're going to be with that experience and management for the next two, three, five years. Um, I haven't done a ton of operator connect deals because most of my customers, they just like the phone system managed by their external or internal IT guy. They just like, they don't want to do it anymore. They just want to like outsource that task to somebody else and ends up being bridge or with a, with a vendor that actually builds the Microsoft phone system. And then they procure the operator connect themselves, but it's like a hosted phone provider, right? And they just right. charge a receipt. Um, 
So I try to respect that. And um, I, I try to just make sure that that decision that they make, if they don't like it, they can pivot another direction without like causing anything catastrophic in the form of an ETF. Fair. Um, but I, I, you can go what three pathways now, right? You can do yeah. bridge into their phone system with an SBC. You can do operator connect by building a Microsoft phone system, or you can do, um, I guess the other version of teams bridge, which is their, you know, hosted phone provider connected to Microsoft. And then the user never sees who the, that UC provider is. And I guess there's the ones that put their app inside of teams as well, which not a huge fan of, but I, it's cool. Like if you have that, those providers today, I won't mention their names, but if they're, if they're with those providers today, they can easily transition to that team's experience. Yeah. Again, think, customer, yeah. customer wants, right. They want, they want to take their XYZ VoIP company and put it in there capable of it and do it. Yeah. I, I think the, the important thing that helped us, at least from an engineering perspective was when, uh, you know, we, we were going down the road for just a traditional UC pre-sales discovery you know conversation to understand what they needed we found ourselves from never having to say you know anything about teams to just a pre-qual of hey do you have microsoft teams how do you want to use it how do you plan on using it because those seem to pop up at the very end of like oh yeah by the way we have teams and now that's such a more meaningful interaction of we just we have to ask half of our questions in a discovery have to be around that or their expectations to use it or limits because you know, some of the, I think some of the UC others have, have conditioned them to think that yeah, I can do anything that I need in here. Um, so it's interesting you, in that. You know, I think Teams has done a good job of because of their, their collaboration tool is like, so it's so it's, it's, it's widespread and out there so quick. You don't have to do as much discovery because you're just in most cases, I mean, not, maybe not large global enterprises, but large business and below, you're just turning on Teams phone showing people how to use the phone system. You could run them in parallel with other systems until the user education catches up to it. I mean, it's, it's pretty. It's easy. Not like yeah. cut the cord of the PBX and swap your phone numbers tomorrow and everybody's running around the office like a chicken with its head cut off. Like that's not Fair. a dysfunction, you know? Yeah, yeah, you could easily run in parallel, no doubt. Right, it's a nice transition. Yeah, good point. Let's let's get into you know let, let, let's pick a more recent example of something that you've worked on and we can leave customer names out of this or you know one that you're working on or have worked on recently. Uh, would love to to kind of hear from. I think part of the message on this podcast is, you know, the deals don't always the way that they finish uh, doesn't always uh, end up being the same as what we thought it was when we started it. So I would love to hear a good example of something that you walked into and maybe. Here's what they said it was versus here's the tech stack they actually had. Here's the tech stack they actually had. Here are the problems that they had, right? And how did how did we solve all this? You're speaking specifically in like UC contact center. Yeah, UC contact center teams that will lump it in there any way that you see fit. Yeah, I think the most recent one during COVID, I, I was I've never been through a recession in this you know, being an independent agent, you know, I, I started in the recession and then came out of it. So I was never really, really impacted. Um, I think it was a benefit to me to start and the way it was because it kind of made you grind a little bit. Um, but, you know, COVID happened. I kind of sat in my office very quiet for a little while. I was like, well, here it is. It comes to big recession. I don't know what to do with this. And then the phone started ringing and emails started going. And it was when people started 
scrambling to get their users remote. And I just happened to have three really big customers that had issues with their on-prem or hybrid on-prem systems, um, you know, like virtualized, you know, virtualized Avaya or Mitel or whatever, or mm -hmm. hybrid, hybrid, um, hybrid setup. And as we dug into it, that barrier was moved once they had that problem activating new users, having good quality with those users. So that, that triggered with one of my larger customers today, a pretty large um, cloud contact center deal, which then transitioned to a very large UCAS deal. So over 2,700 users. And in the midst of that is when Teams was kind of growing on the telephony side and becoming to be a lot easier to use with the eight by eights vantages and like G12s of the world, right? Mm -hmm. So I was able to pick up UCAS, Teams integration, and then really get my mind embedded in it. Like the bright light had already gone off in my mind. I just haven't had a chance to, to trade or transition that with a customer deal of that magnitude. Um, and it was so, it was so easy. Maybe call it the vendor um, and the technology or both. The customer is really complicated. Uh, you know, a high touch, uh, high action customer calls every single day for months on end, but the amount of involvement, once the, the solution was put in place and they're activating it, now it's just it's easy. Um, from my side and the customer side, and even like the, the that customer still has their internal people that rolled that out and they're like, that was so much easier. Like, why couldn't it have been that way with the other vendor? I'm like, well, it's just two different types of technologies, right? Yeah. Um, other ones, you know, in the, I'm really starting to get into SD-WAN cloud security, and I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that my managed service provider IT consulting community that I've serviced for over a decade plus, they're starting to jump in and and want to talk with you know the Kados and the Halos and the you know the aggregators and actual owners of the of the technology stacks, and try to make that a part of their solution offering. And even the customers, like you bring it up and you're like, hey, I <clears throat> want to see what your, you know, what your direction is with your network is, is this year and your security. I have these list of vendors. Would you like any, want me to host any appointments? And you don't have to be the subject matter expert of this stuff, right? You have to be the procurement expert, not the subject matter expert. And that's something I've done a good job of, of refining in the last four years <clears throat> and, and showing them how I'm going to be that procurement specialist. I was like, I'm, I'm a subject matter um, generalist of all of this stuff. And here's my, and be honest, I'm like, here's your expertise. Here's my, here's my generalist stuff. Here's my, and also in that expertise is the procurement side of this and, you know, vetting these vendors out and looking at price and making sure you follow that, um, that price timeline, that technology timeline. So, yeah. That's good. That's good. I love it. I, I love that it just starts with an inquisitive mindset of, what are you doing for this? I mean, that's all that's all we've ever talked about, right? And and I think early on in in the security world, if we if we tried to push some of the security initiatives that we're pushing now to customers five, six, seven, ten years ago, uh, I remember when we did some of that, and they would say, "Wait a minute, you want to put this fully managed box in my environment that I don't get to touch and have visibility onto what it does?" <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, try again, buddy. Now we're having that conversation to where you've got this massive, you know, or like a cup of that. <laughs> yeah. You, you got this shortage and they're, they're, they're the either a, they can't get the tech from supply chain. So they need it managed as a service or they don't have the right people or they didn't, 
you know, even pre-employee shortage, they didn't have the right security people anyway. And uh, now, over the last couple of years, I think the, the bad guys have gotten a couple steps ahead. And so people are all trying to play catch up. And so we're just trying to help them fill those gaps. And so I, I, I love your your questioning mindset because it does. It just opens down those doors because they're going to do these things. They're going to tackle 30, 40 percent of their security initiatives, whether they like it or not. Uh, and all you've got to do is just ask. And that question before that was a no or not is to. Yeah, to your point, we'll we'll take seven of those or whatever it might be. I la like last year and the year before I did, I even did a managed Meraki deal for a customer. I, I was like, really, you guys want to manage this from Meraki? And it came to a staffing issue, like a pure, we can't find employees to staff tier one and Meraki specialists. Like we just, we can't find them and we can't staff them. Um, but yeah, all the things I remember going to like your, your guys's and various other distributor, you know, boot camps and five years ago, I was like, why would I ever sell that? I'm not a contact center expert. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna stay over here. Now, fast forward, I'm like, oh, that's why you do it. Okay, I got it. And it makes our industry would be so boring if we just sold pots lines and T, you know, well, you don't sell pots lines and T ones. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, the old the old product sets, like you sell that, it's gonna be boring and, and they're gonna expire, right? So just keep moving forward. You've got you guys have done an excellent job with your, you know, Tolaris universities and the other vendors. They've it's wild to see see how much the, the free education we have access to and a few clicks and our, you know, a registration. Well, I just, I, I think we just have to uh, appreciate the kind words. I, I think we, there's just the, the rate of change over the last couple of years has been unlike anything that I've even ever seen in the last 10 to 15 years. And so we have to just do our best to help everybody keep up. Um, it used to be easy to do it at event after event and there's just there's so much and there's so different so much different technology and now it's just different and it's harder and so yeah we've we've got to be able to put that stuff in, out in front of there and you know obviously as well as all the resources and things like that but uh no it's a it's a good it's a good time to be in it and yeah there is no shortage of what can i grab off the menu anymore for sure yeah i mean you guys bring on a new employee it makes it so much easier with the various universities i'm like oh my gosh i couldn't even with everything else going on, like begin to like, where would I start? I'm like, oh, you start here and you start here. It's great. So what, um, I gotta ask you, like, what's, what's the new sexy acronym or product coming down the pipe? Oh man. Um, it's, it's hard to say. I, I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything incredibly new and revolutionary per se. Um, I, I do think that all of the technologies that are out there are just going to get iterated on a little bit and we're going to have to be ready for all of those iterations right so our job i think from an engineering perspective is to pay attention to all those and see is the next thing that comes out the next greatest thing in a major paradigm shift or is it a little bell and whistle that got a great marketing logo and, and things like that behind it right i mean think about to specifically to, to the contact center um you know we have to pay attention a lot to to chatbots and the ai and the artificial agent and and all of those things because you're going to walk into a deal tomorrow and you're going to have to make a determination can i lift and and unseat this entire uh platform or do they already have an investment but that invest them investment doesn't allow them to put a chatbot on the website and then transfer that call to a live agent so now they're going to need that chatbot and maybe that's your wedge product to get in and help them and help them modernize so so for us it's just about you know staying on top of each discipline like that you know security as well a similar story but uh, really just staying in front of all of those because i think there's there's been so much money 
you know, in the last 10 years thrown at the tech stack and the tech space and Silicon Valley and startups and blah, 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 then now we're just reaping, I think, the growth of all that and the productization of all that. And so it's a matter of just sorting through as this growth slows down, hopefully, from the products-wise of going, okay, these are the 75 things we need to be aware of, not 75 new ones every month. Yeah, cool. It's fun, though. It's fun. It is. Uh, I, I would love, as we wrap this up, I would love to kick it back to you, speaking of kind of the future here of, you know, you've, you've seen some great evolutions in this. You've seen, you know, uh, Skype and all, all of these things come from nothing to now be this massive hundreds of millions of users a month. So curious from your perspective, you know, it, it, this could be advice for partners that aren't uh, maybe aren't yet stepping into this space. What do you think pro tips and really where do you think this space all goes? Well, I think we're we're at is where it went right i don't know where it's really going in the future but all this stuff that has happened in the last like five years you've been consuming this education and and products that are out there like you're going to grow your your tiver your your net new customers everything's going to grow i don't i don't know technology wise like i'm going to stay in the stuff that i know and i have and i can take a, a tolaris university education track or a breakout session with you guys or conversations like this and and turn it into a customer conversation and engagement into new MRC. Um, but yeah, I think, I guess in conclusion, I, I think in the UC side, I think Teams and Zoom are the future and it's gonna get consolidated to just that in our space and watch it in your base and it'll lead to more landing and expanding uh, I got told people I get into accounts on dedicated internet or come in on a team's discussion or maybe SD-WAN and then you just expand out from there. So these, these new conversations may not convert to MRC by product, but it'll expand you into other stuff really quick. Great point. It's good stuff. Golden nuggets. Okay. That wraps us up, man. Mr. Bond, I appreciate you coming on with me today, buddy. Yeah, thanks for your time. We look forward to speaking with you and um, we need to get Mr. Speakman um, some newly labeled golf balls with some jokes on them. <laughs> we will do, man. Let me take <laughs> us out. Okay, everybody, that wraps us up. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering, Andrew Bond, Trinity Networks. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, this is Next Level Biz Tech. Next Level Biz Tech has been a production of Tolera Studio 19. Please visit Tolaris.com for more information.